Well, it's official. There's a Judd Apatow on HBO with the addition of Crashing airing right after Girls on HBO. Today we're talking all about Pete Holmes' brand new comedy series on HBO Crashing, so don't move a muscle. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the oh, Crashing so After Show here on AfterBuzz TV. This is Pete Holmes' kind of big breakout moment. Yes. I've been a Pete Holmes fan for a very long whoa, time. Whoa, whoa. There it is. <laughs> you know, I will say, the crashing audio we're hearing from the booth. Oh. And now for those listening, there are lights happening. I feel like I have to put my arm out in front of me now. Like, you know, in, in the car when you're driving? Yeah. There's about to be a car crash. You put your arm in front of the person next to you. <laughs> um... So, actually, the noises you were just hearing are surprisingly fitting for the content of the show. Crashing is Pete Holmes' new half-hour comedy, kind of dramedy series on HBO, all about a stand-up comic kind of watching his life fall apart. So what you just heard was a pretty metaphorical representation of what we saw. But before we dive into the show, guys, my name is Jeff Graham. I'll be leading the show for this season, this very first season of the show. If you guys want to catch me online, you can do so on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and on Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham. Josh Rodriguez, introduce yourself for the people. Hey guys, I'm Josh Rodriguez. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore. Oh, fancy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, my name is Mina. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Mina Makes Magic. Um, yeah, so I'm so excited to get into the show. This was the series premiere, so this is the first time anyone has seen anything involving Pete Holmes on a traditional scripted sitcom. He had a great talk show on TBS for a while. Um, and I actually want to talk about that. Before we dive into the show, do you guys have any exposure to Pete Holmes as a comic? As a comic, I have very little exposure. Mm-hmm. I know who he is. I've probably seen an actor too, but to be honest with you, I don't remember any jokes or anything like that, mm-hmm. but I do like him. Mm-hmm. I, I recognize his face, and I... When I see him, I'm like, oh, I like him. I know who he is. But besides that, no. Okay. Mina, how yeah, about you? Same. I mean, Crashing was when I first learned about Pete Holmes. Oh, really? And I, and I love stand-up comedy. Okay, okay. cool. He's got a very... Um, Pete Holmes is kind of known for his earnest, kind of bright-eyed approach to comedy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you like Brian Regan or any of those other kind of maybe sort of more PG comics. Mm-hmm. His stuff is pretty R-rated, but it's also very kind of sweet and earnest, which kind of stands out in the world of comedy, which is kind of where he got his break. For those Pete Holmes fans who are listening, you probably may or may not also know he's got a very, very famous podcast called You Made It Weird. I don't know if you know Mark Maron's podcast, yeah, right. um, WTF, but yep. he kind of modeled his show after that. And it's unique because he brings actors and stand-ups on, and they talk all about like God and spirituality and sex and things that don't get addressed on a lot of other podcasts. So mm-hmm. that's kind of really what brought him to fame and gave him this opportunity. So I'm excited to hear. I'm a Pete Holmes super fan. I've loved him for a really long time. Nice. But I'm excited to hear you guys are kind of newer to his work, because it'll be maybe a less biased opinion than mine because there's very few things that he could do that I won't love. <laughs> wow. You know, it's actually funny you mentioned his podcast because I had Adam Ray as a guest for mm-hmm. Mad TV and yep. he was on that podcast. Very recently. And I think that's why my brain connected with Pete Holmes. I was like, oh, I, that's how I know him. Yeah, I loved Adam Ray's yeah. appearance on Pete Holmes' podcast. So There we go. Yeah, very exciting. Well, I'm glad you guys are going to get into the mind of Pete Holmes because I think he's a really, really talented stand-up and I really honestly just kind of like him as a person too. So... Um, how about stand-up? Are you guys stand-up comedy fans? Love it. Yes. Louis C.K. all the way. We were just talking about this earlier. Yeah. He's, nice. I don't think anyone can, can surpass Louis C.K. How about you, Josh? I'm a big Bill Burr fan. Oh, yeah. Huge nice. Bill Burr fan. I'm looking forward to F is for Family Season 2. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk about it right now, but just... No, no, no. It's a good plug, that We're trying to get yeah. an after-show launch for F is yes. for Family. So. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, Bill Burr and, Pete, or, and uh, Louis are both two of the biggest right now, and uh, yeah. I know Pete has talked about both of them with reverence, so... 
it's kind of fun to see this show taking on the world of stand-up. We've seen a lot of stand-up comedy shows before, um, but I think this one kind of has a fresh approach. Um, one thing I heard Pete Holmes say in an interview is that most stand-up comedy shows show the stand-up comic in a successful place already. So, like, Seinfeld or Louie, mm-hmm. their personal life is falling apart, but at least they're established in their career. Yeah. What makes this show unique is he's bombing all of his sets, so that's kind of interesting. What did you guys think of that, the approach to make Pete Holmes a new kind of green coming-up stand-up comic? I love... Oh, yeah. you can go, oh first. go ahead. You go I first. was just going to say, Ladies I love first. that, because we're, we're so used to seeing, like you said, the whole Seinfeld approach. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it is refreshing to see the other end of it, uh, because it seems like it's going to be one of those like coming-of-age stories as he transitions and hopefully makes it in the end. Definitely. Yeah, I love it too, because honestly, this is what the arts are. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, comedy, hosting, what we're doing, music, anything, we all go through this type of struggle. Right. And to see it play out is actually pretty. I don't, I don't use the word gratifying, but you can relate to it. Mm-hmm. Inspiring, yeah. maybe. Yeah. So I can appreciate that. Very cool. Um, well, before we dive into the show, I want to know what were your overall impressions of this show? Because this is the first time we've seen anything related to anything related to crashing. So what did you guys think of the first episode? I liked it a lot. Good. Uh, I like anything Judd Apatow, though. Mm-hmm. I feel like there hasn't been a thing that he's done that I haven't been a fan of. Yeah. Uh, so it was really good. Uh Especially the opening scene, uh, you know, like when they're having sex. I love how they had the Jesus paintings juxtaposed with that. Yeah. Uh, And at first I was like, I wonder, like, if this is symbolic in any way. And then you see later on through the episode that he is a very religious person and he was supposed to be a pastor. Mm -hmm. Like, that was his initial uh, goal for kids or something. A youth pastor. A youth pastor, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. so I I thought that was really interesting, like, the themes of, like, religion, like, Mm -hmm. interspersed between, like different scenes. Definitely. I'm excited to get into that. What did you think, Josh, of the first episode? I liked it a lot, honestly. It was actually better than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Not that I thought it was going to be bad, but I wasn't expecting to laugh as much as I did. We watched it in the trailer, and yeah. you, you can tell I was laughing a lot. Um, I like Pete. You know, I think mm-hmm. he's a very likable person. He's very relatable. Right. Um, you find yourself rooting for him. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, a lot of these, I feel like more and more, ever since I think Lena Dunham's show, there's a lot of these kind of... Um, like uh, kind of low concept following people through the city kind of dramedy shows and I think it's important to make choices to stand out among all of these kind of I don't want to say mumblecore but like um, kind of close to their roots kind of um, on location type of dramedy shows and I think this one's doing a really good job of standing out with choices like that to highlight his religion Mm -hmm. portray him as kind of this sweet earnest guy versus a lot of these shows will feature kind of cynical jaded protagonists Mm -hmm. and he's not that way at all which is kind of consistent with his character as a person too Um, so let's talk about that's the first thing we see you mentioned Pete and Jess um, what did you guys think? Let's talk about Jess's character. So that's Lauren Lapkus. I'm a huge fan of her as an actress as well. She's a great improviser. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of this character of his elementary school teacher wife, Jess? Uh, I mean, it's pretty apparent that the relationship feels one-sided in, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I mean, she supports him financially. Uh, he's very, like, too vanilla for her, and she wants to spice things up. She's getting bored. It's pretty clear. Um and she doesn't really take his profession seriously because he's been doing it forever. And for but it's like don't medical understand... school, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's totally like medical school. Uh, but yeah, obviously with medical school, there's an end goal, and mm-hmm. you know that you're going to make the six figures at the end of it. With comedy or with anything remotely related to entertainment, you don't know. Right. So it's really hard if you're dating someone who's not in the entertainment industry to understand that. Definitely. Uh, but it's it's typically good to not date. I think within the industry because. If you have, like, two very unstable careers, it's kind of hard to coordinate schedules, too. Definitely. I like Jess, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. I, obviously, what she did, I don't approve of, but you can tell, at least 
it seems like they're trying to shape her as a good-hearted, mm-hmm. you know, well-to-do person. And I always had this thing, like, I don't think bad people cheat. I think unhappy people cheat. And mm-hmm. obviously she's been unhappy for a long right. time in her relationship. She wants to spice things up, whether it's sexually or just, you know, intimately, whatever it is. And I think that, uh, I don't know, I, I, I just feel like where they're going to take our character is going to be a place where at the end of the season we're all going to be like, oh, I'm glad they're back together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm kind of making a prediction right now, but I, I, I can see uh, us liking your character by the end of the season. So you think they will end up together? Yeah, end? interesting. Absolutely. I we're not in predictions yet. We can talk about it yeah, a little yeah. bit. I don't know if I see that. I don't think he's going to end up with Jess. I equally like her, like you guys. I yeah. think mm-hmm. they did a really good job writing and directing the character of Jess. To even though she's making some potentially questionable decisions in her marriage, the way it's portrayed and the way it's written, I kind of got it, and I, I found her to be pretty likable, as I did with Pete. She's as likable as someone who's having an affair can be. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. Because so. you never empathize with characters like that, right. but for right. some reason I empathized with her. Uh-huh, yeah. definitely. Um, okay, cool. Well, I want to talk about Leif. This is the guy <laughs> This is the guy that she's cheating on with against Pete. So Leif is this art teacher who works at the same school that she does. What did you guys think? This is, um, I got the name, George Basil. What did you guys think of both this character and George Basil's portrayal of this character? I feel like it was very st- stereotypical, like, hipster, yeah. artsy guy. Yeah. Um, I <laughs> I don't know. It, it was very generic for me, so I, it, I don't want to say it bothered me, but uh-huh. there's no... Towards the end, we got a little bit of death where he's like, I am you. You are me. Yes. We're, we're together. So that was pretty interesting, and I think that Pete might use him as a vessel to realize a couple things about himself, mm-hmm. which I'm pretty excited to see. Um, but over as a character, he's just, I don't know, comic relief. That's it. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, they're such opposite personalities. You know, right. the protagonist and Leif. Uh, Leif is obviously more of a free spirit. You can tell with uh, the protagonist, uh, Pete Holmes, he's yeah. a little bit more uptight and mm-hmm. he overthinks things, unlike the hippie, which is probably why she went for someone who is opposite of what she was unhappy with. Yeah, it yeah. makes sense. And normally you would hate the person who's having an affair with the protagonist's wife. Mm-hmm. But I didn't find myself hating him. I know. I, so. Especially <laughs> with that monologue by the end, it was funny yeah. enough that I was kind of charmed by him. I was like, <laughs> I get this. We also saw a lot of him. This is a new Judd Apatow thing where I think he's trying to, in a way, to um, play fair with Hollywood. He's trying to put a penis in every single project that he does now. So. <laughs> Check mark. We got to see <laughs> HBO always does that. I like, know. it's so unnecessary. It doesn't help move the plot forward, but they're just like, we're HBO, we can do it, throw it in there. I know. Now that Sesame Street is on HBO, I'm expecting to see nudity from both Big Bird and Elmo. Oh, <laughs> just kidding. Um, but yeah, I really like life, and I like what you said about it feels like he might be a vehicle for Pete to actually learn about himself. Mm-hmm. That was maybe my favorite moment of the pilot, was there was this really seemingly ridiculous kind of goofy monologue about, I am you, and you are me, yeah. and we're both making love to your wife. But there was also, like, a weirdly profound sense yeah, of... Yeah, it makes sense. I know. Yeah. It kind of added up, and I feel like Pete was realizing, he's like, this is your beginning, and this is your start. And I thought that was kind of a really smart way to write the beginning of Pete's new journey as a comic. Yeah, and it was almost as if Jess's, uh, his relationship with Jeff was holding him back in a couple ways, which mm-hmm. I don't know yet. We haven't got deep into the relationship yet, but the way that... I, I say Leaf. It's, was it Lef? Maybe Leif? Leif. I'm going to call him... Leaf. I like Leaf. I do like Leaf the best. The way he was, the way he was talking to Pete, it was kind of like, all right, this girl's been holding you back. That's what I got at Mm -hmm. least. And uh, I think Pete realized that. You know what? Maybe I need to be away from Jess for a little bit to accomplish what I want to accomplish. Do you feel like Jess is holding Pete back, Mina? Yeah, because she's basically taking care of him. So that's going to hold him back. Because instead of being Hmm. self-sufficient, 
he's relying on her. He kind of, right. I mean, has her as a crutch, and that's not her responsibility. Well, she, she's enabling him financially, but she's also, the way she was talking to him was kind of condescending, like, mm-hmm. you know, you're not getting paid for these type of things. I don't think she saw the, you know, big picture of it all. And that kind of wears you down if you're creative and you're, right. you know, pursuing something and your wife can't even support you in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But we don't know how long they've been together for either. That's true. So... If they've been together for years and years and years, I yeah. totally get where she's coming from. If it's, like, a new relationship, then I would say you knew what you were getting yourself into. Right. You know, they mentioned it was very quick, but actually, they've been married for a long time. We know that they met at 15 yes. at Christian camp. Yes. So I do think it's one of those things where they'd been together for a while. So it's understandable why. Mm-hmm. You know, I can sympathize with her, and it's hard because if you're... Like you mentioned earlier, if you're entering a relationship with someone who's pursuing an industry career, especially a talent-based one like acting, singing, writing, performing, comedy, mm-hmm. it comes with some baggage, and you need to be prepared for the long game, which maybe she wasn't, you know? Yeah, and I almost feel like if the gender rules were reversed, mm-hmm. like, it wouldn't be... I mean, people wouldn't be so upset and oh, uptight about it, right. you know? Agreed. I think... The fact that she is a woman, it's kind of like, why am I supporting you? This mm-hmm. should be equal. Right. Well, let's talk about one of the things that Pete says in his stand-up is he addresses that, and she says, you know, why you've been doing this for years. Why have you not gotten better? So let's talk about the idea of stand-up in the show. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think of the overall portrayal of stand-up comedy in the show? Because that really does feel like the backbone of what we're going to be seeing this whole season. So brutal. I loved it, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like I was in the audience, and I, I felt like the audience was getting genuine reactions, even though he crashed or, or uh, bombed, it felt like it was real. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were a couple laughs, you know, spattered throughout when he was talking about um, the discount at the dollar store. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. yeah. But it felt real. I felt like I was in the audience. Mm-hmm. And the camera, too. I, I don't know uh, I don't know anything about cin- cinematography, but the way they shot it felt... It was cool. Yeah. They kind of had it on a slider, I think. And okay. Yeah, it was... I really liked cinematography in general in yeah. this whole episode. Yeah, did you like the way kind of stand-up felt? Did it feel real in the show to you? It did, but the reactions didn't feel genuine. Really? It I felt they like did. If you ever have seen uh, Prank Wars, Amir and Streeter, yeah. College Humor, there's like one episode where uh, Amir gets Streeter by having him do a stand-up comedy special and telling everyone in the audience not to laugh at all. Just to see, like, what's going to happen. And it's, like, a really brutal episode. It's really funny. Interesting. And it's embarrassing. And that's how this felt. It Uh felt like his stand-up was good. It was decent. Okay. It wasn't terrible. Uh, but it felt like someone told the audience, like, stay silent. But they they were laughs here and there. But it was so quiet. It was dead. And I feel like... Well, the second one was definitely staged with the heckler. Yeah. I can tell just from, like, doing audio that that was placed in. Like, that person, I don't even think, was at that... uh, at that spot, it felt like it was recorded in a studio and they just placed it in. And yeah, the second set, the sets were different. So the first yeah. set did feel like it had some success, and I actually liked his jokes. I thought the joke about <laughs> the God Satan, and thanks God. I thought, that's very Pete Holmes. His stuff yeah. is really goofy and it's very observational. Um, but yeah, and that did get some laughs. But what's interesting is I kind of expected that once he opened up about his personal life, that was when he would get the most laughs. Because they say in comedy, honesty is the best policy. Louis C.K.? Yeah, exactly. Um, and also Mike Birbiglia. I don't know if you guys are yes, a fan of... Yes, He's a consulting producer on this show. Oh, okay. and he's really good friends with Pete. And um, I don't know if you've seen his movie Sleepwalk with me, but that's kind of the thesis of the movie, is once you actually take a look at yourself and embrace your own problems and put those on stage that's when you can really launch a stand-up career. Okay. So I was surprised about the decision that his second stand-up was the one that bombed because that was the one he really opened up 
What did I'm a little confused about that still. What did you? How did you guys it react to that? It wasn't funny. I mean, it wasn't funny. That's You're the right. thing. Like, yeah, use personal anecdotes, but spice it up a little right. bit. You know, like any comedian that ever does that. I mean, Aziz Ansari, Louisa K. Anyone who uses personal anecdotes, they there's a punchline. There's yeah, some there's some sort of joke, not just like. My life is depressing. Oh my there's god! There's a point of view kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, there's yeah. Like, so, so what else? Not right. just this happened. What? And it didn't really feel like therapy. I mean, it, felt, it didn't feel like a uh, stand-up act. It felt like therapy. Yeah. It just felt like he went up there to just talk, and he was heartbroken. It didn't seem like he wanted to make anyone laugh. I know he had that steak joke, which was kind of funny, but the delivery was kind of. I off. didn't yeah. hate the steak joke. Yeah. I gotta say, I thought it was kind of funny, but yeah. um, it's like an AA meeting. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I think we're gonna see progression in his stand-up. I'm sure, but it's fun. It's fun for us to see a stand-up who sucks because we yeah. haven't really seen that on stage yet. I know I was listening to an interview about the production of the show, and they were saying that they um, would do the set five times so that the audience would be bored of the material. So Judd would just be like, you know, run it again, run it again, because they wanted to make the material sound tired. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a really interesting production choice, kind of behind the scenes. Um, this is fun, though. Speaking of stand-up, we got to see a lot of stand-up cameos, and I can tell that's going to be a thing throughout the entire show. In today's episode, we saw Rachel Feinstein. Yeah. It's pronounced Feinstein, Feinstein right? Feinstein, yeah. Um, we saw Greer Barnes, who, according to the show, looks like a power wash Don <laughs> Cheadle, <laughs> which was hilarious. Um, we saw Michael D. Joseph, and we saw Jeff Ross, too. Yeah. He was wearing a Quick fedora, cameo. so I didn't yeah. recognize him. But... Yeah, that was... Yeah. I know, we're, and of course, most importantly, we saw Artie Lang. I want to talk all about Artie yes. Lang, because he was a major part of this episode. What did you guys think of Artie Lang's portrayal of Artie Lang? He's like a really good guy, but just, at, at the same time, a really bad, good friend, if that makes any yeah. sense. Like, he, he means very well, but he just, I don't know, just he's just a mess. Yeah. But a, a lovable mess. A lovable mess, yes. yeah. Yeah, he's not not the best mentor, but definitely a really cool cameo. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love the scene where he tries to help out with the tow truck thing. <laughs> like, ends up being a disaster. And over and over, like, I feel like he doesn't really have uh, Pete's back until the very end when he lets him crash on his couch. Right. Which was a very sweet moment. Yeah, we did see him bail twice. We saw him crash his car. Crashing? Oh. Yeah. That. Then he bailed, and then we also saw him run from the mugger <laughs> before <laughs> Pete got stabbed, which that was a great scene. I thought, but yeah, Artie Lang is also really likable, and it's funny because on one level, him and Pete are complete opposites. They're opposite points in their career. They have kind of opposite worldviews, but they both kind of have that lovable mess thing, like you said, which makes them a really fun pair. Mm -hmm. Um, I know he was initially only planned to be in one episode, but after they shot the pilot, they're like, oh, this buddy comedy dynamic is too much fun so we're gonna keep him around which is really good oh they definitely yeah. are yeah, yeah I know he's gonna be in at least two or three more episodes so yeah cause his character I mean was a big part of the first episode mm-hmm. so you figured he's gonna be around for a while mm-hmm. at least I would think so when I first saw him I was like wait is that Horatio Sands <laughs> Saturday Night Live <laughs> I would bit. love to see them like side by side <laughs> I could see that maybe um, I it was fun for me cause I liked him on Mad TV and this was such a different... Matt TV's so sketch-oriented, and mm-hmm. he I thought he really did a good job playing natural. I think he really... In a world like this, it takes a different kind of um, calling card as an actor. Yeah. And I really thought he brought a great performance to this pilot. I agree, but he's also playing himself. He's so playing he, himself. He doesn't have to, like, dig deep and find some spot where Correct. he has to play someone else. And when you're playing yourself, you just... You go you just do it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But he was funny. I mean, he had a lot of great one-liners. Um, my favorite was, my cousin was giving a best man speech at a wedding once, and he accidentally admitted that he molested a kid when he was a teenager. And that was actually less awkward than your stand-up setup. Thing, which, that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, that, that felt very Louis C.K.-ish. Yeah. Like that joke, like, 
it being like super offensive and appropriate, I those types of jokes really make me laugh. Yeah, that's definitely kind of. I think Artie and Louie have some stuff in common. Kind of cynical. It'll be funny because I think the cynical comic worldview I mentioned. I think Artie Lang has that perspective, whereas Pete Holmes has like the relentlessly rose-colored, optimistic kind of yeah. approach mm-hmm. to the world. So yeah. I'm excited to see them kind of navigate New York together as we continue. Um, the last thing I want to talk about is we mentioned religion at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. It seems like religion is going to be kind of a big component to this show, um, which makes sense because on Pete's podcast, he always asks his guests about God. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because he's this very open-minded, almost spiritual hippie, but he also would call himself a Christian. And I, I in the world of comedy especially, right. there's a lot of, you know, Judaism, but there's atheist. hardly... Atheism. Atheism. Agnostics. But there's yeah. hardly any, like, you know, Jesus-loving Christians. So what did you guys mm-hmm. think? I know there were very few references, but what did you guys think of just the few religious kind of moments we got in the there show? There was actually a lot of religious moments because mm-hmm. even he listens to... What was that? A Joel Osteen? It's Joel Osteen, yeah. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. Yeah, podcast. Yeah. I was just like, what is he listening to? Uh-huh. And it's so weird that... Because you don't normally see that. You don't see Christianity, like, combined with comedy unless it's, like, some sort of PG kids movie. Right. So it was really odd, Mm -hmm. uh, but I liked it. Yeah, I did, too. The thing I appreciated was that I didn't think it took a stance. It didn't say Pete is dumb because he's a Christian or Pete is very smart because he's a Christian. It was just kind of this is something that for years has informed the way that Pete looks at the world and that may be coming into question as his life changes. Yeah, I thought they were setting something up Mm because I was actually pretty shocked. I don't know much about Pete, but my perception of stand-up comedy is a bunch of agnostics right. or atheists or just angry at God or things mm-hmm. like that. I'm thinking like Jim Jeffries, Bill Burr, like right. Lucy Kay, yeah. George Carlin even. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I don't know. It, it's weird to see a devout Christian as a comedian, mm-hmm. um, but it's cool. I mean, I think they're setting us up for him to question his religion, to mm-hmm. question his faith, and I think that's going to be a big storyline throughout the season. Well, I did notice we heard Jill Osteen twice in the show. And for those who don't know, this is kind of the world I grew up in. I grew up in a very Protestant Mm -hmm. household, so I actually connect a lot with Pete Holmes, I think. I'd like to think we have a lot in common. Um, But Jill Osteen is this religious guy who preaches that um, if you're in a good place with God, you'll be blessed with riches. So it's called like a prosperity gospel. It's the idea that like if your life is going well, it's evidence that you're doing well in your relationship. And there's a lot of Christians who have a problem with that because they say, like, well, I got cancer. Does that mean that I'm not in a good place with God? So it's an interesting choice because his life is falling apart. So what does that mean for his relationship with God? Joel Osteen would say it's bad. It's a bad sign for your faith. And what I noticed was he turned off the radio the second time we heard Joel Osteen. So he changed to some kind of, like, 70s music or something, which that feels like it might be a symbolic moment, kind of foreshadowing his journey with God throughout this show. So, yeah, I'm interested. I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, the, la- the last thing I want to talk about, too, was the very last shot of the series. So um, we go to um, Artie Lang's house, and Artie Lang finally, after <laughs> uh, ruining his car and letting him get stabbed by someone who's mugging him in the subway, says, you can crash with me. Um, so Pete falls asleep, lays on the couch, and gets covered, tucked in by Artie Lang, and he's just laying there. And Artie Lang is talking and talking and talking, and Pete Holmes is fast asleep. And we do this slow push, and to me, almost he's never looked happier. Did you guys kind of get that impression? <laughs> that Artie Lang has never looked no, happier? No, Pete Holmes Pete just Holmes. laying there. It was like this. Is, it seems like it was the first moment of peace in the entire episode. But Artie still is just yapping. But and Artie yes. still yapping. <laughs> it kind of felt to me like this was the beginning of the beginning. Like, you know, like this was Pete Holmes. Even though he's been mugged, his car is ruined, and he was stabbed. He's right where he wants to be. Exactly. And even you, though he has to pay $150 a day, yeah. not total, for yeah. to get his car back. Yeah, so that, I kind of like that because even though it was like 
there had been some darkness approaching that moment, it felt like kind of a sweet way. You know, it's his it's his birth, it's his beginning. So I don't know if you guys felt that too, but yeah, I thought that was fun. Um, anything that you guys want to talk about about the show, about the characters that I've missed so far? Um, no, yeah, you pretty much covered everything. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Uh, I'm just interested to see who some of the cameos are going to be. And that, and yeah. with that, should we go ahead and get into some predictions? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. Yes. And now, no. your AfterBuzz TV predictions. Oh, no! <laughs> 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 All right, Mina, let's go ahead and start with you. What do you think are some of the things we can expect on season one of Crashing on HBO? Um, I definitely think he is going to become slightly more like atheist like go mm-hmm. go towards that direction because usually when you have a really challenging time in your life you either lose faith completely in god or your faith in god becomes so strong that you become even more devout but i think it's going to go the other way just mm-hmm. because of who he's like surrounded by his circle of friends is not going to be they're going to be probably like stand-up comedians right uh i'm interested to see where he's going to crash next mm-hmm. it probably will be a fun cameo I really hope that we get to see, like, some stand-up comedians that I'm a huge fan of, mm-hmm. like, either Larry David or mm-hmm. uh, Louis C.K. or Aziz Ansari, because uh, that would make the show a lot more interesting, too. Uh, so far, I think the writing is awesome, and, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see more. I really like the scene... Uh, from this past episode when he was with the kids on the bus mm, and they were I talking forgot. about that Inside awesome Out. Part, yeah. It was such a good scene because, like, just, like, having kids that are so innocent and, like, yeah. open to, like, hearing people's problems and it was such a cute moment. And I, it, yeah, that was a great scene. So I hope they do, like, more stuff like that. I'm glad you brought really that up. really raw and real. I forgot to bring that up because Pete is so childlike. It felt like it was kind of like he was with one with his tribe, which I thought He's was like really like funny. Not, in to, so not well. to get deep, aren't we all kind of childlike? Yeah. Though? We still hold on to insecurities and, and things that we bottle inside from, right. you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years old. So. Absolutely, yeah. I think are that's comedians kind of childlike, though? Because I feel like comedians Absolutely. are very cynical. They're very cynical, but they still, I feel like a lot of comedians are insecure, and a lot of your insecurities develop when you're that age. Well, yeah, and Judd Apatow loves, like, the man-child character. Like, I feel like this yeah. is a recurring thing, like, the guy who, like, hasn't grown up, which feels, it, Pete's a version of that to me, so yeah. it's, it's yeah. a really good match. I think Judd and Pete here actually are shockingly good match for this show, so. Yeah. I, also, I, like, yeah. I also love, oh, this is completely random, okay. but no, one no. of my favorite jokes was, like, when he ran into, like, his wife cheating on him, and he goes, he has eight, <laughs> and, like, just keeps yelling that. Oh, it was just. A little ridiculous, but the writing is so great. I love the writing on the show. Definitely. How about you, Josh? Any predictions? Um, I think we're going to see more of Jess. I think it's going to be like a struggle between both of them. I think he's going to go back to her, and she's going to be like, well, you don't make me happy. And then towards the end of the season, it's going to reverse where she kind of wants him, and he doesn't really want her, and he has a decision to make. So that's like a season-long prediction. Mm -hmm. I also think that he's going to question God, um, Mm -hmm. like Mina said. But I do think, towards the end, I don't think he's going to be, like, an agnostic or an atheist like the rest of the comedians. I think he's going to find God in his relationship with God. I think it's going to mm-hmm. go the other way. I agree. I think that's what we're going to see as well. Um, I also think we're going to see him improve in his stand-up. I'm excited to see oh, his yeah, journey as a stand-up. That's the thing I'm most interested in because I have such a respect and admiration for stand-up comics. I think it's, like, such uh, I almost consider it like, a reverential art form. It's something I'm not very comfortable with, but I love comedy, so yeah. I really respect great stand-up comedy. So I'm excited to see the show dive into that. What makes a great stand-up? What's the journey of a stand-up? And I think we're going to get that, hopefully. I so. Who do you think would be the best mentor for Pete Holmes in the show? Like, what stand-up comedian would be the best mentor? Brian Regan is what I would say. You do? Yeah. I know, that's not fair, because I know that Pete Holmes, like, reveres Brian Regan, but that's what I would say. I don't know. That's a good question. 
I don't know. I don't have an answer for that. Mike Birbiglia. Oh, Mike Birbiglia would be good. I have a friend, Birbiglia, so I say his name. Birbiglia, yeah. I I'd also want to see more female comedians. We well, Rachel was fun. there. We saw a couple. I'd want to see, um, like, Amy Schumer or... I know we're getting a lot Schumer. of Sarah Silverman this season, so... Yeah. Oh, we are? Yeah. Okay. For sure. Eliza yeah. Schlesinger will probably make an appearance. I like Eliza. She's... It's funny. I feel like opinions on her are mixed, but I really like her comedy, so... Mm. Not a fan? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to bash anybody. <laughs> that's okay. No, it's okay. I mean, stand-up is subjective. She's you cool. know what I mean? Comedy is subjective. Yeah. And that's... It's... If you... Polarized people, I think it's a good sign. It's a comic, oh, absolutely. so, yeah. yeah. yeah um, as cool. long as there's no Dan Cook, I'm good. <laughs> Great. <laughs> oh, not a so much hate in Shots the fired. Um, he's, I think he's a great delivery comic, but his material... I, I don't right. want right. to talk trash, but... <laughs> um, ladies and gentlemen, this was the Crashing After Show. Thank you so much for tuning in. This was Season 1, Episode 1, Artie Lang, and I can't wait to dive into the rest of the season. We are short one panelist. We're going to get one more, Michael Rippey, joining us next week. But in the meantime, uh, my name is Jeff Graham. You guys can catch me on Twitter at... Pete Pete Holmes 21 <laughs> spell I'm just kidding uh, you can catch me on Twitter at Jeffrey C. Graham and Instagram at Jeffrey Crane Graham and we hope to see you next week hopefully with some guests I'm working on it yes. so yeah alright I'm Josh Rodriguez you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Josh underscore Rodriguez underscore you can follow me on Mina Makes Magic Twitter and Instagram great guys thank you so much we'll see you next week take care Producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz you later. later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.